such good fade out. Welcome back to another episode of A Need to Read. Thank you very much for joining me and hopefully you're nice and chilled out from that music. This episode is going to be on The Motivation Myth by Jeff Haddon, who is a very popular online columnist. And you may think this is cool, you may think this is not that cool, but it is one of LinkedIn's biggest influencers. The book is subtitled How High Achievers Really Set Themselves Up to Win, and it really does give you all the details of that. But before we get into the episode, let's just have a quick chat about the sponsors. Now, the podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people over all around the world they're a united states based company and they will get you back on track therapy is one of those things that you can use either at a time that you feel like you need it or when you just feel like you could have an extra push in your life or someone that will look at your life objectively and be able to point out little parts where you might not even recognize that you need improvement and it's a scary thing to go to therapy but As Susan David said in Emotional Agility, courage isn't the absence of fear, courage is fear walking. So if you feel like you are going to be one of those people who has the courage to go to therapy and take the lid off Pandora's box, then head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you get 10% off your first month of online therapy. It is quite simple. You just fill out a questionnaire and you're matched with a therapist within 48 hours. But now that's out of the way, let's get into it. Talking about motivation, and it is such a weird thing. Everybody needs motivation. Um, if you don't have it, then I suppose you do nothing, and doing nothing is not going to get you anywhere. Sometimes it's good to do nothing, as we learned in the episode with Gabs and James from Restful Being. But for the most part, if you want to go anywhere in life, you do kind of have to do stuff. And look, that annoys me as much as it annoys you. I often think... I would much prefer being lazy, but the only problem is I just feel so guilty when I act like a lazy person, and that's no good. There's no point doing nothing and then feeling guilty about it. The only way that you can sort that out is by doing stuff, and I used to think my main sort of motivator, my driving force, was like a fear of failure or something. I used to, like when I was in the Marines, all the motivation was done for me. Someone would come and tell me what to do. And I had to listen to them, otherwise I had to do loads of press-ups or run up and down hills. And I didn't want to do that. So, like, where was my motivation coming from after I left the Marines? It was weird, and I couldn't really find it. I still struggle daily to find motivation, but reading this book really helped me sort of reframe it. Motivation can be very, very fleeting. People will watch, like, a Tony Robbins video or any other motivational video on YouTube, and then they're like, oh my God, I'm going to kick the arse out of life now. I'm going to be so successful. I am motivated. I am Mr. Motivated. And then within like 5, 10, 15 minutes, they've stopped feeling the calling that they've got to do what they want to do. And they are back in lazy town, which I mean, oh my God, I'm pretty sure that is a off of a children's program, but I mean, I don't really watch much kids TV. So I, I, I don't know if that's the truth. But Jeff Haddon says at the start of his book, the problem with waiting for motivation to strike is it almost never comes with enough voltage to actually get you started. And he says that the real motivation comes after you start. 
It's not a passive thing that comes in the night. It is an active thing. And the main sort of premise of the book is that motivation will not just come to you and make you move. You have to make yourself move and motivation will follow. So it goes, you start, whatever it is, you just start. It's a habit. It's a non-negotiable. You start doing what you need to do. You get a small bit of success and then you feel motivated to get more success. And that's where motivation comes in. If you're waiting for the motivation to start, it just won't ever come. And that kind of sucks because we've been taught for a long time that we have to wait for motivation, that we have to feel motivated. But if you're just starting something out, how are you going to feel it? That is the main question here, is how are you meant to feel motivation at the start? And he says in the book that two of the hardest questions you can ever answer are, who are you and what do you want? Very simple questions, but if you ask yourself those questions and you give yourself time to properly think about it your head might actually explode because they're very complicated even though they are so simple i think they call that an oxymoron but look i could be wrong as i often am when you decide sort of who you are this is kind of like referring to atomic habits by james clear with like identity-based habits And motivation usually comes like preceding a goal that you want to achieve. And I'll I'll go into goals in a moment. But you kind of just have to define who you are to begin with. And your values sort of determine who you are and what you want. (laughs) Like, when you think about your values, think about, right, why do I go to work? Oh, I go to work to make money. Okay, well, why do you go to work to make money? Oh, because I want to do X or I want to do Y. It's very easy just to stop at the part where you say, oh, well, I go to work to make money. That's my, like, motivator. And here's the thing, is that's bollocks. There are some people that get an absolute boner over seeing how much money they've got in your bank account, but I would wager that you're not one of them. Because once you've seen it in there, you'll be like, oh, well, what next? It's, it's like a, it's a goal you can never reach, like being rich. So you've got to think about what your actual values are. Like, do you value freedom? Do you value play? Do you value time in nature? Do you value your friends? Do you value your family? Do you value honesty, integrity, love? Like, what do you actually value? Once you've figured that out, that determines who you are. And who you are determines what you do. Because your workout, once you kind of figure out who you are and the direction you want to head in, that's your goal your goal is to get to a certain point but you have to decide very kind of quickly how you're going to get somewhere otherwise goals will never work and this is where it comes back to atomic habits of deciding on small things that you'll do each day and i've spoken a lot about this in like journaling so in the morning i write down my towards move for the day And that towards move is just one little thing that I'll do each day that will move me closer to the person that I want to be. Because they say, the person you want to be is the person who you really are. That's in The Chimp Paradox, I think. If you haven't read it, it's a good book um, for understanding your brain. But just try and work out your values. Work out what you do, why you do what you do, and ask yourself why, like five times. When I used to work in sales, one of my old managers said, like, oh, why, why, why did you come to work? And I was like, money. And he was like, why? And I was like, I don't know, I want to get something big for my family one day, like a big holiday. And he was like, cool, well, what have you done for them recently? 
And I was like, uh, uh, nothing. He was like, well, I don't think family is your value then. Because you haven't been trying to spend time with them and like spending money on them on the on the money that you're making now. I was like, oh, shit. Maybe you're right. So if you're not achieving your current goals or if you're stuck at the moment, then you have to kind of think about your why and your values and then call call yourself out on your own bullshit. If you come up with something, you're like, okay, well, what am I doing now towards that value? And if it's nothing, then maybe you're just lying to yourself to make yourself sound better like I was. Who knows? I think we're all a little bit guilty of that. Now, there's there's a lot in this book and I've just written down quite a few notes because it was a very good book and I chose it for the book club for May and if I'm honest I'm starting to feel like I don't pick bad books so if you want to join the book club for next month we're currently reading The School of Life by Alan de Bottom I can't tell you if that's good just now at time of recording but I've heard great things just head to patreon.com forward slash need to read and I'll get that out of the way very quickly but Let's talk about goals, because motivation usually comes with goals. You have to acknowledge where you are a little bit shit. Don't dwell on that too much, because, well, you don't want to make yourself feel bad, but just acknowledge where you're not doing as well as you could be. And then figure out ways, little ways, minute ways in which you can work towards being a little bit better in that department. So, like, there's there's a load of people on the internet who will tell themselves, oh my god, I am enough, I am this, I am that, in their affirmations. Which, look, I think affirmations serve a purpose for some, but there's a certain stage where you're like, oh my god, am I just bullshitting myself? I don't believe in fake it till you make it. I don't think that is, is a thing. You should be totally accepting of who you are currently, and if and if there's parts of that that you dislike then that's what you have to acknowledge. You're like, cool, well, I'll change that. I wouldn't be here today if I didn't acknowledge the parts of my personality that I thought were a bit shit and then work at changing those. That's the kind of like honest conversations that you have to have with yourself. And this will kind of lead into motivation in the moment, guys, trust me. But if you've got like goals, right? Most people tell you to set like smart goals. Even if you acknowledge the bits that are shit of yourself... Don't just go and make your goals way too realistic. Set yourself some unrealistic goals because you're limiting yourself if you set yourself realistic goals. They sh- they, like, they're meant to be aspirations, so it's something that you reach for, not something that you settle for. And when it comes to your goals, like a lot of people have this mindset and it confuses me, and I apologise for jumping all over the place here, but... I'm trying to cram it all in. People think, oh my God, well, it's easy for that person or it's easy for the other person or I wouldn't be able to do what that person's doing. Uh, Yeah, you fucking could. No one is born with some like great willpower. No one's born great at anything. There are people that take action. There are people who don't. And I used to be one of these people that didn't take action and I was sad about it and then I was like, shit, I guess I'm in control of this. I guess it's just me. Because the reality of it is, it's not a fucking Disney film, is it? No one's coming to save you. If you want to get to a certain point, then you do have to work hard at it. And I hate to read stuff like that. He goes on about it in the book about how like there is really no shortcut to success. And I've read that in enough sort of 
self-help book now is to kind of just accept that that's the reality is that you do have to work hard and I give myself a I give myself such a hard time for not working hard like yesterday I was on the phone to my girlfriend for about 40 minutes just trying to say how shit I was and she wasn't having any of it which is fair enough and it's good and I need that but you have to work hard and I just have this feeling that like maybe it's like I'm falling into the like hustle porn trap that like you see people on Instagram that are working really hard but I never see it on Instagram I never compare myself to anyone on Instagram I'm doing my comparisons to people that write books people that write really successful books and I'm like shit maybe I don't work hard enough I watched the Billie Eilish documentary she is a great of her generation and she works so hard even if she doesn't want to she does the work and I'm like well when I don't want to do the work I just don't do the work and maybe that's not good enough and maybe that will hold me back and this is the part about acknowledging your flaws that's the kind of thought process that I went through the main sort of focus of the book is about routine and routine is something you control you control your routine even if you have to go to work at a certain time every day and you have to come back at a certain time every day there are parts of your life that you can very much control and people get uncomfortable at the fact that they have so much control over their lives and they like to say that they don't but you really really do so make your routine one of a successful person make sure in your routine you create small successes every day also that sticking to your routine is part of your success that is when you're going to feel motivated to carry on because motivation is fleeting right it's always out of reach you set your goal you do one thing you do it the next day you do it the next day and then you stop you know, oh, I've run out of motivation. No, you haven't. You just didn't stick to your routine. Because if you stuck to your routine for another four days, you maybe start recognising some results. And then you'll be like, oh, shit, yeah, I'm going to stick at this. This is, And then you feel that feeling of motivation, that feeling that you get for that short, like, 15-minute burst every now and then. So routine, super, super important. And it's coming up in all of the self-help books um, that I've read pretty much. So I guess it, it is kind of legit. And I'm terrible with routines, but I'm trying to implement a stronger routine throughout my day. My morning is unbreakable. I get up, I meditate, I read, I journal. That hasn't changed. I've been doing that now for a year, over a year, like 400 odd days. So that has almost become non-negotiable for me. But then from the rest of the day, it's just a downhill slope. So I'm starting to put new things into it. So, I, like, I'm, I want to write a book. I am writing a book, sorry. I'm, I don't want to. I am. So, I'm not going to miss a day of writing anymore. I don't miss days of writing. I will write for 45 minutes every single day until that book is done. And then when that book is done, I'll just write another one. And then when that one's done, I'll just write another one. Because I am committing now to writing every day for the rest of my life. Because that's the life that I want to have. I want to... When I'm 70 years old, I don't want to be retired. I just want to be writing books. That's what I want. And there's no point starting at 70 and being shit. I'd rather just start at 26 and be shit. And then by the time I'm 70, I'll be banging at it. Because that's kind of how it works. If I did write every day up until I'm 70, that is another 30-something years, 40-something years, maths, 
I'll be great. Surely. Surely I'll be good. And that's the kind of mindset that it is. It's just, it's a process and it's going to become non-negotiable because I am now a person who writes every day. It is in my identity with myself that I do that. So I won't let myself down and I've made a promise to myself. And I think that's the kind of mindset people have. Like people, you might not want to write. You might want to do something else every day. But you should at least do something every day. So there's a there's a bit of structure. I'm trying to work out which time of day I do at the moment. And sometimes I'm writing at 7 o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's 7 o'clock in the evening. And I haven't quite figured out when the best time is for me. But when I do, that's going to be sort of my, my non-negotiable part. And the goal, yeah, I'm sure like I want to be a best-selling author. But I just want to be a writer. That's That's what I'd like to be. And what do writers do? They write, okay, cool, I've already accomplished the goal. I best accomplish that every day. And then maybe other stuff, accolades will come with it. Who knows? But that's not the important part. The important part is that I'm sticking to a process every day that inadvertently will get me to goals that I have fantasized about and dream of. Do you know what I mean? Pause for effect. Yes, you do. Let's talk about sticking to the process right because this is the hard part sticking to the process and maintaining a level of quote-unquote motivation because the the bit that people don't want to hear and this is kind of what Russell Kane was saying in the podcast the other day is success or accomplishment like it does require sacrifice there was an experiment where they asked people to stick to a work workout plan and they used three groups for this experiment one of them didn't say anything about um like missing workouts another group said i can't miss a workout and then another group said that i don't miss workouts so three out of ten in the control group who said nothing stuck to the plan one out of ten that said i can't skip a workout stuck to the plan and eight out of ten who said i don't skip a workout stuck to the plan so saying that you don't that's the magic word to keep into the process it's obviously it's not 100% accurate but it will help you so say you drink too much and and someone's like trying to encourage you to drink and you're like oh no I can't do that I can't have a drink it's wrong because you obviously can but if you don't then you don't there's no questions there because like no you can't yes you can or no I don't yeah, but you do. No, I don't. That is firm. That is pragmatic and that will help you stick to your decision. I wrote down on my notes here that I can't is weak and it's out of your hands. And if I'm honest, I feel like that's a little bit harsh. And th- sometimes these books will make you feel like your brain is becoming a little bit harsh and a little bit hardened when it comes to your mindset. But sometimes that is needed. Um, like, obviously sacrifice is necessary but well, i spoke to thomas erickson the other day that episode will be out soon and he thinks i'm not I, this is not a direct quote but essentially that we believe that hard work isn't necessary for success because there are now a few outliers in the limelight who have become these like overnight successes so that we believe hard work isn't necessary for it sticking to a routine isn't necessary and he went on about like participation trophies and stuff like that, which I think are bollocks anyway. Um, but but for some reason, we just don't think that we need to work hard, which 
is strange and I'm at a real crossroads with this like I need to work harder but I also need to look after myself and it's going to be really difficult to find a balance but I'm sure as the sort of small minute successes come I'll be more than happy to work hard because I don't know get an external validation for it an external validation's great everyone tells you not to bother about it but look we're all human being told that you're good by other people is always going to feel good you can't take that out of human nature I don't believe but he says when it like when it comes to sacrifice like if you if you're sticking to a process and you're faced with a decision and someone's like oi come to the pub mate we'll get a bag in <laughs> you go now nah, don't do that like you have to ask yourself the question is this going to negatively impact my process if the answer is yes and you really want your process to work, then you just have to stick with your guns and don't do the thing. No matter how fun it is. No matter if if your mates have gone and said, right, I've gone and picked some magic mushrooms and we're going to go and sit in a field all day and it's really sunny. It would be, for me personally, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty hard to say no to, if I'm honest. But if I had something to do that day, if I hadn't written that day, I'd have to say no. I'd have to stick to my process. Because otherwise, when I get to my 70s or 80s, I'm going to look back and be like, bollocks, I wish I didn't do those mushrooms in that field that time. Um, shout out to any of my friends if they do want to offer that up for me. I'm, I might say yes, you know. Who knows? Um, but yeah, whatever you find fun, I'd probably find that fun. I actually have never done that in my life, but I think that I'd find it fun. But it'll be different for each person. Some people might about like a pint down the pub. Some people might like go for a meal this night. But you, 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 you're meant to be doing something else that night that is part of your process. You just have to stick to it and work out where your necessary sacrifices are going to come from. There's a few other parts in the book that I thought were really good. And I will just reel them off because I'm conscious I've just been chatting shit for the last like two minutes. So here is how to have your best week ever. And there's a list of like 10 things in the book, but I've whittled it down to seven. So he says, write out a plan on a Sunday. If you write down your plan for the week on a Sunday, you're setting the intention. And that is very, very handy. Number two, actively block out task time. So when you've got a task, allocate a certain amount of time to it. And there is a law called Parkinson's law. He didn't put this in the book and I'm... I'm really not sure why because he's a smart person this cool law Parkinson's law essentially means that whatever time you give to a task that's how long it will take you to complete it so if you don't give your time a ta- don't give your task a time frame when are you going to complete it who knows so look it up Parkinson's law it's pretty cool three follow a realistic to-do list we've all written out to-do lists that as long as your arm and you've just not done it I do it all the time so follow a realistic to-do list. Number four, here's an interesting one. Some people reckon they're fantastic like multitaskers. Um, it's bollocks. Your brain actually cannot do two things at once. It doesn't work like that. There are very short gaps in between where it switches between a couple things, but it can't focus on two tasks properly. And you'd rather give 100% of your time to one thing and then stop and then give 100% of your like, attention to the other bit. So stop multitasking. Number five, track your time. We lose so much time in the week to who knows what. Nobody knows because we don't fucking track our time. So if you start tracking your time, you'll notice where there's gaps where you can improve. 
what gets measured gets improved you know number six use your lunch wisely when i used to work in an office i used to go and sit and i'd read on my lunch breaks just because i was like oh well i can't read when i get home because i want to watch tv or something like that so i was like, well when can i do it oh shit i can do it on my lunch so use your lunch break wisely listen to a podcast like this one for example and number seven was start every day right so whatever that looks like for you whatever you feel best after in the morning do that whether that's exercise whether that's meditation whether that's reading whether that's masturbating whatever it is that makes you feel best in the morning do that that's what you need to do and this is the harsh bit that he says in the book he says once you've sorted that you have to stop making excuses for doing less that's it if you really feel like not doing a task that you know you need to do just dedicate a minute to it just give yourself a minute you owe yourself that out of self-respect like when it comes to writing the other day it was like half eight at night I was like I just can't I can't do it I'd had, I hadn't had a good day I'll be very honest with you and it's actually it's good for me to talk about that I didn't have a good day everyone has not a good day every now and then people think on Instagram that I'm super super positive maybe they don't but I'm not I have bad days all the time it's just how it is and I love them because they make the good days even better which makes me sound like a really cringy Instagram quote but it's the truth um, but yeah you just have to stop making excuses for doing less and just give you give a little bit of time to it here is how you can have the best mindset ever don't wait for inspiration go and find it go and find it in books find it in podcasts find it wherever find it in nature wherever you think inspiration isn't go and have a look there because you have to actively go and find it any ideas that you come up with don't make an idea a verb make it a noun uh, maybe i've got that wrong basically if you have an idea you have to do it it's not just something that should be left in your head that's where i was going with that and ask for help if you need help ask for it we have this stupid egotistical thing in our society where we do not ask for help when we need it and that sucks because there is no shame in needing help because nobody can do everything so you need to be able to ask people for help and not feel shame about it because nine times out of ten people are probably pretty happy to help you even if it's just for selfish reasons for them people like helping other people because it makes them feel good so if you ask them, don't feel guilty about it. They're probably going to enjoy helping you. Obviously, willpower is a stumbling block for a lot of people. But willpower is essentially like a byproduct of success. Like you build willpower by finding out that you're doing good work. So you get more will to do it when you don't want to. It's kind of like the motivation thing. Um, more things from the successful mindset like celebrate others successes like success isn't a zero-sum game there isn't just a certain amount for everybody there is enough for everyone you know i don't want to sound like too much of a hippie but there's enough to go around guys you know count your blessings be grateful for things that's another thing in there that always reminds me of a story sam harris told about how he's at his table with his wife and his kids and his wife was moaning about something and he was just sat there in a real negative frame of mind. He was like, actually, no, I, I, I shouldn't feel negative about this. 
if I was to die tomorrow, everyone at this table would be fucking miserable and I wouldn't even be there. So he was then all of a sudden looking at the whole situation in a little bit more of a light-hearted way. And he was like, oh, do you know what? These people are all right. I feel quite grateful to have them around and not to be dead. It's a bit morbid, but it's it's quite a good way to look at it. Another thing here, it's very stoic of it, is ignore what you cannot control as much as you can. Uh, I added that bit on. As much as you can, and it's going to take practice, but it's worth practicing because when you kind of relinquish control of the things that you actually have no influence over, you have more focus on the things that you can influence and obviously that's important and that will have a positive impact on your life so that's it on the mindset there are other parts of the books that are pretty good like he's very encouraging of people starting their own businesses um i've read a lot recently around sort of business owners and they say like you'll be wealthy if you own a business essentially that's that's the key to it obviously you can earn and accumulate a certain amount of wealth without owning your own business but when you want to sort of reach through the glass ceiling of wealth that we create for ourselves then you kind of have to start your own business because then it's yours and then you can sell it to someone for a fuckload of money one day that's kind of how it works last thing on this book which is very very good because i've just realized i've got a whole other page of notes here but i i conscious of the fact that we're half an hour deep and i've got to do book doctor and the little bit of philosophy added at the end is when it comes to dedicating yourself to a certain pursuit and creating your process a lot of that sort of being able to keep that going comes from taking things out of your life sacrifice essentialism like the book by greg McKeown. Jordan Peterson says about it in his new book is to pick one thing and work relentlessly towards it try and be the best at that that is how you become successful and when you're working relentlessly at something you'll get small successes along the way and that will make you feel motivated so like what have you always wanted to accomplish in life like take a moment to think about that Is there like a list of five things you want to accomplish before you die? And I bet none of those things that instantly came to your head involved like your profession or money. Unless you're like, oh, I want to be a professional footballer or I want to be a professional basketballer. Those things just won't have included money or profession. It's what he says in the book anyway. So are you working towards those things at the moment? If not, why not? Like, actually, why not? Nothing is promised. So, if you want to learn the piano, if you want to run a marathon, if you have these aspirations and things that you want to do in your life, make that part of your identity and create a process that feeds into that goal every single day. So, you're eliminating the pain of regret when you're older. It's about sort of having a bit more long-term vision and this is this is something that's new for me when I was younger I was so short-sighted whereas now I do like acknowledge the possibility that I could be alive when I'm 75 and I could very well regret not doing a lot of things and if I do I'll read the midnight library because that'll sort out 
how I feel about regret. But in the meantime, what I'll do to work on that so I don't have to reread that book, even though it is a great book, is I'm just going to stick to a process that pushes me towards where I want to go. And obviously, if I fall short, I enjoy the process anyway. So I haven't had that much of a bad time. When it comes to like philosophy and how we can tie philosophy into this because I was going to bring back philosophical thought of the week when it comes to book reviews I pulled something from Seneca on the shortness of life and he says that putting things off is the biggest waste of life it snatches away each day as it comes and denies us the present by promising the future the greatest obstacle for living is expectancy which hangs upon tomorrow and loses today You are arranging what lies in fortune's control and abandoning what lies in yours. What are you looking at? To what goal are you straining? The whole future lies in uncertainty. Live immediately. He was a pretty smart bloke. Seneca. People talking about him thousands of years later. Almost like Jesus. People chat about Jesus all the fucking time. I feel like Seneca doesn't get enough credit. Because he was pretty smart. And he was probably real. (laughs) And didn't perform magic tricks. So think about that. Like You do have to take action. It's an uncomfortable truth. And I hate to be the one to say it. Because I hate people that say these messages. Of like you actually are in control. And you have to take action. Because sometimes that's not a helpful thing to hear. But at the same time. It is also a very helpful thing to hear because it empowers you to take control of your life and in which direction that you want it to go. But that's that over. The Motivation Myth by Jeff Haddon. It was used for the book gang. It was a brilliant book. I would say that it is like a small bit below Atomic Habits, but it is very, 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 very good. And I think that a lot of people should read it if they feel that motivation is something that is fleeting for them and just remember all these goals you can set they don't define you essentially like if you don't complete your goals like you're not a failure we're multifaceted beings good word and there is so much more to us so make sure you're creating goals in different areas of your life so that if you fall short in one area at least there are other parts of your personal life that you're fulfilling because a fulfilled life is a good life but let's get in to the book doctor. I would love for you to submit your book doctor submission to me at a need to read dot podcast at gmail.com. Please send me a voice note under a minute of what you want or make it a video and tell me if you want me to shout you out or not. But here it is for this week's book doctor. Hi Ed, so I'm Bianca from Portugal and I'm really looking for a book that helps with anxiety, ADHD and how to stop being so codependent. I know these are a lot of topics and I don't know if a book exists with all these in it, but if it does exist, I would really, really appreciate it if you could find it for me. Thank you and I love your podcast. Okay, well, shout out Bianca from Portugal. Thank you very much for that submission. I think it's so cool that people are doing this, by the way. So thank you so much to anyone that does submit it. And Bianca, please do email me 
with your address and I'll send you some need to read goodies. I haven't seen anything for ADHD, but I've got people in my life close to me who have got ADHD and I don't know why I haven't looked at books for them before, if I'm being completely honest. But Gabor Mate, who is like one of the leading minds in addiction in the world, has also written a book called Scattered Minds, The Origins and Healing of Attention Deficit Disorder. So I know that's ADD and not ADHD. And I I mean, I could, they, I don't think they're the same thing, but they're under the same bracket. He knows everything there is to know about addiction. He's a very, very, very smart psychologist. And I would, I'd, I'd bet that this book is pretty good. So I would try it out, Scattered Minds by Gabor, Gabor Mate, and you'll be able to maybe understand your ADHD a little better and be able to combat it um, or just to be able to live with it and accept it and sort of, it, it is part of who you are. So you do have to kind of live with it and accept it, but this book might be able to help you in doing that. As for the anxiety and the codependency, I'll go with anxiety first. Um, I've done an episode on this book before, The Happiness Trap. It's not just about happiness. It does really help with anxiety. And also the chimp paradox as well. You get more than you bargained here for with four books. The only book in terms of codependency, I would say read The Mastery of Love. It's a brilliant book um, and that just talks about love in general. And Seven Habits of Highly Effective People has a great chapter that goes into interdependency, codependency and stuff like that. And the state of a codependent relationship in comparison to like an interdependent where you work together. Um, But look, I think in life we kind of are just a little bit codependent when you find someone. Um, As unhealthy as it may be, I do think it is kind of part of love is that you you become a little bit codependent. Otherwise, people would break up after being in love and not be upset at all. We, we, you do need that other person as part of your life. But there is a great part in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. So thank you very much for that submission. But that wraps it up nicely. The Motivation Myth, brilliant book. Thank you for the Book Doctor submissions. If you need to get therapy, you know where to go. There's a link in the description. But that is it from me hopefully you have enjoyed the episode i'll be back for more soon with some guest episodes and book reviews and all of that good stuff you are absolute legends love you bye